now for the best part. <sighs> yeah. <sighs> okay. So, now, the best part of the service, <sighs> the part that I'm most excited about, I'm not there. Gosh. Maybe <sighs> you're stressing me out more. Anyways, I wish we switched the air back to AC. <sighs> Okay, anyways, so now you see these lovely kids up front. You're not going to hear from Matthew and I. You're going to hear from them. Yeah, Yeah, we like them more too. Um, So we're doing what's called a five by five. We have five students who are going to speak for five minutes apiece. All right, we'll have a timer up here. They'll see it, and they know when their time is over. So uh, I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to tell you who your first one is. Father, we thank you that tonight's going to be a great night, that you're going to speak through these students. I thank you for their boldness, their courage to step out in front of their parents, in front of their peers, and to speak an on-time word. I thank you that... It's your words and not theirs. You take over. This service is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, first up, Mikey Stenlin. It's hot. It's hot in here. I think I might. Give me a minute. Take it off! Take it off! <laughs> messed up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, well, the thing I'm going to be speaking on tonight, tonight is um, God is like a road, and it's about believing in doubt. So if you believe in what you can in what he can do, it will be a straight path to success. It's like a road. And if you doubt, it will um just kind of start getting curvy and it won't like it won't last. Like it starts to get curvy and then you're like you start to go veer off an edge and it just doesn't work out. And then the scripture, yeah, do you have James first 6? We don't have scriptures. Oh man. James one six. <laughs> no, that's Greg. <laughs> Is it? Ha Alright. But when when you ask you must believe and not doubt. But because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed into the wind. So as I was saying about earlier, it's like if you if you doubt, you'll start you'll start veering off the path. Like, it's not going to be a successful life after that until you until you actually kind of, like, start believing again. And as soon as the doubt comes in, it will make that road curve and hard for you to stay on. That's kind of what I have. <laughs> Woo! 
So the next speaker we have is Ava Martin. Hey. <laughs> I'm Ava. Okay, so I'm going to be talking about things to live by to set a godly example. And I'm going to be talking about speech, conviction, compassion, faith, and purity. I'm going to try to squeeze it in five minutes. Um, so the first thing I'm going to be talking about... Tell me, feel free to tell me if I'm talking too fast because I have a tendency to do that. Okay, so um, first I'm going to start off with speech. And then my scripture is Proverbs 18:21, And you've probably all heard it. Um, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Um, so basically what the scripture means is that our words hold great potential. They can either build someone up and speak truth and value into their lives and uplift someone, or that we can use them to speak negatively and gossip and talk about people and just speak negatively. And that may seem harmless, but it has a capability to snowball and become something way bigger. Um, so we should always keep our word. Is there a timer anywhere? Oh, right there. Okay. Um, so we should always keep our words pure, kind, godly, and uplifting, uplifting. And a big part of setting a godly example is not just about your actions, but definitely your words. Um, next part is conviction. Um, it's, I don't realize how important it was to live with conviction as a Christian. Um, let me my scripture for that. Okay. So I'm not going to read the scripture because it's like a whole chapter. It's only 19 verses, but I'm not going to read it. It's Psalms 51, and it's a prayer that David prayed to God whenever uh, Nathan came to him after David committed adultery with Bethesda. And it's just like a really long prayer of him repenting. Um, And it's really good. I really uh, encourage you all to go study it and just read it. and so uh, living with conviction means to always represent, represent yourself honestly and authentically around all groups of people. That means your friends, your grandparents, people you hang out with at church, your work friends, your friends at school, no matter what. Um, because if you don't, people will find inconsistencies in your life when your walk doesn't line up with your talk. And <laughs> as a believer, uh, we represent God. So we need to always set a godly example, no matter the circumstance, because we want to, that our ultimate goal is to draw people closer to God. So um, my next bullet point is compassion. Um, my dad loves to talk about compassion. Um, so we should intentionally show love and compassion to others, even if they don't show it to us, because that's what Jesus did. Um, how crazy is that? Like, he was hung on the cross, people spit at him, cursed at him, and he still loved them and showed compassion towards them. Um, Luke 23, 34 says, uh, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. And um, there's three miracles that I found. There's a lot more, but um, where it all says God was moved by compassion. I'm not going to read them because I'm running out of time. But it's Matthew 20, 30 through 34, and it's the two blind men received sight. Um, Mark 1, 40 through 41 was the man with leprosy. And Matthew 18, 26 through 27 was when he forgave the man of his debt. So um, those are all miracles where God was moved by compassion. Um, Next bullet point is faith um and the verse i have for this is proverbs 21 8 and it's the wicked flee though no one pursues but the righteous are bold as the lion and i found this phrase in my devotional um it's called devoted by marjorie jackson it's really good really good um it's called vibrant faith and that means to go away from the popular crowd that lives by the things of this world and vibrantly express your faith because it's worth it um and when we choose to be bold like a lion, my mom used to always say that me and Alex were bold as a lion when we were little. Um, <laughs> so when, we were, when we're bold and share our faith openly, you know, people, uh, people's ears are like perk up and they, uh, they get intrigued. 
and that boldness will just spread more contagiously. You can help people draw closer to God, and that uh, that boldness in expressing your faith and the love of Jesus will just create a domino effect. Um, the last thing is purity, and your purity um, doesn't stop at appearances and stop what you look like, how you dress. Um, it's like what you listen to, what you watch, how you talk, what jokes you engage in, um, anything like that. And my scripture for that is Proverbs 4, 23 through 27. Oh, okay, I'm not going to read because I'm running out of time. But it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Um, so, okay, okay. Uh, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of preservative. Keep corrupt talk from your lips. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you give careful thought to the past for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or the left. Keep your foot from evil. So what's in your heart will eventually come out, whatever, whether you like it or not. So always keep your heart pure because what's in it is eventually going to come out. And especially if you're a believer, people will be watching for purity in your lives because uh, to see if you are what you say. Like if you're over here talking about somebody like, I don't like them, like they did me wrong, and people, you know, hear that, um, they're going to be like, oh, she said she's a Christian. I don't want none of that. Like I'm good where I'm at. So it doesn't matter the circumstance. Always watch what you say. Watch your purity, live with conviction, show compassion to others, and express your faith boldly. (laughs) The next speaker is Kaylee Houghton. First, I want to thank our pastors, every single one of y'all. Uh, Pastor Paul dipped as soon as he heard youth was taken over. So, <laughs> um, kidding. <laughs> Tonight, I want to talk to you guys about faith. For those who don't know what faith is, it's the complete trust or confidence in something or someone. For us Christians, that is God. <laughs> Faith is mentioned and discussed all throughout the Bible. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. Meaning that we live according to God's promises, even though we're unable to see them. Having faith in God is trusting him and to lead you through uncertainty or hardships. Having faith is trusting him when he tells you to do something new. Having faith is trusting him to lead you without question which is why I'm here speaking to y'all tonight, because he was like, go speak. And I was like, okay. (laughs) When you're distracted and disconnected from God, the first two things that suffer are your faith and your prayer life. Once your faith goes, everything follows behind. Because once the devil can grab onto your faith, he can lead you down roads that can easily get you lost. However, the funny thing about God is that his love is unconditional. God gave his one and only son for us. Doubting or losing faith in him won't make him love you any less. In fact, if you ask him the cause of your doubts, he'll tell you. If God knew you before he formed you in the womb and he gave you his only son for you, why would he punish you for something he knew that would happen? He created us with free will so that we would choose him just as he has chosen us. He doesn't want a one-sided love. And if you'll trust in him, he'll guide you into where you're meant to be. What I mean by one-sided love is he'll love you no matter what, but if you choose not to love him back, it's one-sided. It's never one-sided on your end, always 
on his. Matthew 17, 20 says, and this is our move scripture, (laughs) if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. God is so powerful that having the tiniest bit of faith can allow you to move literal mountains. One way to, you want to know how to strengthen and maintain your faith? There's a five-letter book that's full of God's word. Dive into it and spend time with him. Faith is powerful, and with it, you can literally and figuratively move mountains. Thank you. Our next speaker is Alex Martin. Give me one second. I have to get set up. <laughs> hey, guys. So, <laughs> as most of y'all know me, I'm Alex Martin. My parents are Jody and Deb Martin over there. But, <laughs> but I just got done reading this book by Kenneth Hagin called The Believer's Authority. I encourage everybody to read it if you really want to, if you really want to discover the true authority that you have by being a child of God. But I'm not here to sell books for Kenneth Hagin. I'm here to give you all a little word. So... <laughs> So, yeah, so, <laughs> so if you'll go to Ephesians 6.12 with me, I'm talking out of the NIV. So, Ephesians 6.12 says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So, I'm mainly speaking to the youth in this, but adults, I, you know more adult situations to apply this to than I do, because I'm only 17. So, um Say you're dealing with a bully of some sorts at school. The word says that it's not the person who's messing with you. It's the spirit behind them that's doing it. But the good thing is that God has given you the authority to take command of that spirit and cast it out. When you use the name of Jesus, that spirit has to respect it and leave. It can no longer stay since it has already been defeated. This doesn't mean that you get all crazy in their face and yell because that would probably just weird them out and say, you're crazy, I don't want to listen to you. Um, But you still take authority over that spirit, whether it be under your breath whenever you walk away or under your breath in front of them or when you go back later to your house, you take authority over that thing and you tell it to go because it, you know, it's just there to torment you and knock you off your path like the straight road that Mikey said to God. So our conflict with the devil should always be with the consciousness that we have authority over him. He's already been defeated. So, I mean, you can't, I mean, well, you can't, but I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, (laughs) So you don't have to worry about, you know, defeating him because he's already been defeated. So you just have to use your authority and cast him out, you know, because he's just there. So um, (laughs) authority belongs to every child of God. The devil doesn't want the people of God to find out what belongs to them. He He obscures the knowledge or the truth because he endeavors to defeat the child of God. He knows that when the children of God know their authority and know what belongs to them, They will have victory over him in every way. If you just know your authority and you use your authority, you can literally defeat the devil in literally every circumstance that that he comes across your path, you know. Um, The value of our authority rests on the power that is behind the authority. So that that pretty much means God is the power behind our authority. Like, you know, when police officers, like they stand out in traffic, like around Webster and Richardson, and they tell people to stop or go, they don't have the actual authority power to stop the car and push it i mean lord they'd probably be in the hospital but (laughs) but they have the authority because the government has vested in them and given them that authority to stop the car and we had to respect that because you know 
we're under this government, so we have to respect that authority. So God is the power behind our authority. The devil and his forces are obliged to recognize our authority, and they have to respect it. Um, the believer that truly understands the power of who is backing their authority can face their enemy fearlessly. Uh, also, there's a difference between authority and power. A lot of times in the Bible, the Greek words got misconstrued. You will see power twice in some verses, but it really means authority. I don't have the scripture on that. I forgot to put it in here. But the difference between authority and power is authority is delegated power. God has given you the power to stop the enemy. He doesn't have to do it for you. He's already given it to you to take control of it and handle the situation. So um, Ephesians 6.10 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, because with this you can step out in front of the devil, put your hand up, and he has to stop because of your authority. So... And last but certainly not least is Zoe Lee. Yeah, I am the most unprepared person in the room tonight, letting you guys know. All right, so my message today came out of a place of conviction. That's what I was just telling Matt, so hot mess express over here. All right, so I did not come up with my message until like two days ago. And I was having this moment alone with God, and he convicted me of three things. So the first one is he asked me when I got so lazy with my faith. That was kind of like, that kind of, you know, stepped on my toes. And the second one, he just flat out said, you're lukewarm. Okay? Okay? And then the third one really got my attention. The third one really just opened up my eyes. He said, you have faith in my name, but you don't have faith in action. He said... He said, you're a believer with lukewarm faith, but you're not acting like a Christian. You see, a believer is just going to say that they love God, but a Christian is going to show it in what they do. See, we all have a choice. God has given us the tools. God has given us the authority, like Alex talked about. God has given us the power, and we just have to use it. I heard a a preacher speaking whenever I try to listen to sermons every morning. It's something that I've started doing after God kind of made me realize that my relationship with him has not progressed in a year. Like for a year, my relationship with God has quite literally been frozen. Because of my doing. And I started blaming it on God at first. I was like, God, you're not showing up in my life. Like, I'm going to church. Like, I'm sorry. If you're blaming God not showing up on your, in your life on God, it's not God. I'm sorry. It's you. Because God's always knocking on the door. We have to answer it. Okay? So I was listening to this preacher preach, and he said, you know, all throughout the Bible, it says, and God was with David. And God was with David. And God was with David. And he said he began to ask himself, God, why are you so repetitive in the fact that you're always with David? Like, why do you keep revealing this to me? Like, why why are you doing this? And God said, because David was with me. Because David digged into his word. David prayed. You know, David didn't just show up on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights for an hour and a half and let me touch him. He was with me. He prayed with me. He sat in my presence. And I feel like as Christians, we get in this mindset where if we just come to church, you know, for an hour and a half, that that's all we need. We're good. We don't need anything else. Everything's fine, you know, but but we have the right to judge other people. We have the right to do that. I'm sorry. Hypocrisy, hypocrisy has to go. Okay. Things are only getting darker. Things are only getting darker. And um, the Lord really just convicted me on it. And um, something that separates someone from a believer with lukewarm faith, because I don't like using lukewarm and Christianity together because they just contradict each other. It's just not even in the question. So the difference between a believer with lukewarm faith and a Christian is a simple fact of obedience and sacrifice. I feel like every person in this room has something on their heart that God has asked them to give up, 
that it's something that you can give up to grow your relationship with God, whether it be an app or a TV show or a relationship. But hey, we're not ready to talk about that one. I'm not ready for that. So, um, but my thing is, is that we get so fixated. We act like what God is asking us to give up, like he has something less for us in store. If God's act is asking for us to give something up, you act like there's less behind him. There's always something more. If God's asking you to give it up, it's because he has something more for you. So why are you still sitting on it? Why are you still sitting on it? Like, I genuinely, I, I, God, this is me. This is me, a thousand and ten percent. God convicted me so hard on this. Like, I cried. I cried because God said, I miss you. And that just, that hit too. That hit too because I'd been ignoring and walking away and I'd been acting like I was a Christian and telling people to go to church, but I was when I came to church, my heart wasn't open. I didn't come to church with expectation. I didn't come to church expecting God to touch me. I came because it's what my parents told me to do. Okay? I feel like, I feel like, you know, <laughs> you know, we have a choice. We can come on just Sundays and Wednesdays for an hour and a half. And we can say that's enough. Or we can come on Sundays and Wednesdays and distribution Saturdays. And we can pray and we can spend time in our word. You know, like uh, hypocrisy. I'm so tired of it. I'm so tired of it. Um, And I did have a scripture and I haven't even looked at my phone where all my notes are, which I find so funny. (laughs) Revelation 3, 15 through 60. I'm sure we all know this one. Um, It says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. And then it goes on to say, um, so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. And then in Matthew 7, 21, it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. So that's exactly what I, that's, that's exactly, I realize that's exactly what I've been doing. I've just been saying, oh, I love God. I go to church. Apparently, there's not a place for me in heaven because I'm not acting it out. I'm being lukewarm. God doesn't appreciate lukewarm because he won the fight. He won the victory. He did it for us. But yet we can't give him an hour of our time. So this was kind of for me, but uh, take take what you got. (laughs) So that's all I had. All right. All right. So no, I'm uh, I'm actually not. Wow. I'm not. I'm not gonna get up here and preach to you guys. I mean that that was that was the word. I mean you had five people just give you five different revelations and views of things that that God has been pouring into them. And so one of the things that I really want to just stress to you guys is the importance of supporting the youth and the next generation. Uh, we fully believe in them. And I mean this is not like. You know, you have youth speak, and it's like, oh, they got s- some baby stuff. I mean, they're sitting over here calling out stuff that people don't figure out. I mean, they're calling out stuff, and they're saying, this is what God showed me. And it's just unlocking the key of just living your life with them. And so if there's anything that we could do, it would be to support these youth, whatever it takes for you to be an example for them. And actually, that's what it, those of you that have students that are in MOVE, uh, we do a thing called the launch. And our launch night is where they actually they lead the thing. They speak kind of like what happened tonight. But our scripture was 1 Timothy 4.12. It says, do not let anyone despise you because of your youth, but be an example. 
And when we're talking about doing that, that's exactly what they're looking up to you guys to do is provide an example of something that's real so they can go out and, and live it instead of living in a time where like being a Christian is cool one day, but like not the next. And so you just do what's cool. And that's not enough. And so they're looking to you. And one of the ways that you can support them is by giving money. What? Well, snuck that in there on you. So if you'll bring this out, if you'll bring this out. So we have uh, a chart for you guys that uh, we are uh, rolling out this fundraiser. This is a thermometer. And so we are looking to actually support them financially because if you have a teenager, you realize that they are expensive. And when you send them to me, they're also expensive. So we have some costs and things like that. Like we love taking them to camp. Uh, One of the things that we realized this year is just like I'm sure you've noticed if you've bought groceries or gas or anything, it's expensive. Like everything is, it just costs more. Camp was a lot more this year. Uh, I know it was expensive on you guys' end as well. Um, but we don't just do camp. I mean, that's not all we do. And we would like to raise enough money to where, hey, you want to go to camp? It's covered. It's done. It's free. That's what we want to do. Um, and so what we are doing is we have this, this goal that we will continuously update. This is not like a, this has a certain date on it and you have to give a certain way. What we have done is we have a thermometer that right now stops at $12,000. But it doesn't have to stop there. And you're like, that's kind of high. But our faith is not in a piece of paper or in you. Our faith is in God. So we put our faith there, and we're just asking you to be a part of this journey. And when you do that, we will continuously update this thing. And if it gets full, that means that there's a lot of people that are believing and supporting your students that will allow us to do more things and to get the kingdom stuff happening because they are awesome and they're plugged in, but they've got friends that need to be here. And so if we can do anything to reach them, then we'll do it. Let's do it. And so with that in mind, we do have camp coming up. It is in a little while. We do have, just like we did the last time, we have a sponsor, a seat fundraiser uh, that is going to be available. You can sign up for a seat. And if you can't do a whole seat, that's fine. This whole thermometer, if you give a dollar, that's fine. That's fine. This is just so that you can see it. You can see where the goal is. You can walk by the room and it'll be on the door. Is that where we're putting it? We're putting it on the door, and then you can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We will update it weekly so that you can see what you're being a part of. I mean, I'm down. I'm down. I mean, I've I've done like shave my head stuff before. It's not going to bother me. Like, if we hit the top, we'll we'll figure something out. I mean, I don't know about a neck tattoo though. I don't know about all that. But uh, when you give, this is not like a separate fundraiser, like give us all your money. Like we, I mean, sure, we can use all your money. But this, if you give to this, this total will also go updated on the thermometer. Because this is, again, this is just, we are trying to raise funds to do more and to get the gospel out and to reach kids and to make the gospel available to them. So if we can do that, let's do that in any way. So this will be out there at the welcome desk. You can feel free to put your name on a slot. Again, if you can't give... These are $25 a piece for each seat, if you sponsor a seat. But if you're like, hey, I, I can only give $5, that's fine. That is absolutely fine. There is no minimum amount. Any donation is accepted. We will take your money. It'll work, I promise. <laughs> uh, and so with that, 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 that about wraps it up. But this is just so that we have a visual on where we are and you guys can see where it is. Uh, I'll just give you just a straight number. Camp cost is $9,000. So you guys were kind of curious. It's $9,000 to go to camp. <laughs> so $12,000 is like we can like feed them a couple of times because you know, <laughs> food's expensive. <laughs> uh, 
So I'm so glad that you guys were here. Again, this is uh, just a move takeover. This is just like a little snapshot of what we do with the kids. I mean, we're not just in there like, you know, trying to blare music for you guys over there in Disciple Walk. We actually have a purpose and a goal, and we are trying to just unlock their potential because we believe in each and every one of these students. And so, again, 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because of your youth, but be an example And it's in every single way. And I pray that these guys are the example for their school, that when they go out, they are the example. They're what people come to and they say, hey, we know that you've got it and we need it. And so that's what this is about. And so as we just transition, we're going to go ahead and I want everybody to stand up. We're going to step.